This episode of The Green Rush is brought to you by Heffernan Insurance Brokers. For a long time, cannabis companies have been shut out of many financial and insurance opportunities. That has now changed as cannabis companies have an option that can change their company's bottom line. Berkshire Hathaway is exclusively partnered with Heffernan Insurance Brokers, and the first work comp dividend program for businesses in the cannabis industry is now available nationwide. Rates that are filed in states across the U.S. can receive up to 40% of your premium back. So if you're an MSO that would like to have the potential to receive premium back on your work comp, give Kevin Tarango at Heffernan Insurance Brokers a ring at 415-699-2022 or go to hefcan.com. That's H-E-F-F-C-A-N-N.com. Support Heffernan Insurance Brokers' efforts to strengthen the cannabis community and revolutionize how cannabis companies buy work comp insurance. Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the intersection of cannabis, the capital markets, and culture. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Nick Opich of KCSA Strategic Communications speak with the business leaders, financial experts, cultural icons, legislators, and generally interesting people moving the cannabis and psychedelics industries forward. This week, Ann and Phil Carlson are back with a new episode with special guests Jason Rasnick, CEO of Benzinga, and Elliot Lane, head of Benzinga Cannabis and Psychedelics. Jason and Elliot join us this week to preview the upcoming Benzinga Cannabis and Psychedelics Capital Conferences taking place in Miami, Florida from April 11th through the 13th. During the conversation, Jason and Elliot discuss what attendees can expect from this spring's conference, the current health of the capital markets, and the key stories they think will dominate the cannabis and psychedelics industries over the next couple of months. If you are interested in checking out the content at the Benzinga Capital Conferences, register for the events using the links in our show notes. Also, be sure to follow the Benzinga Cannabis and Psychedelics reporters covering the industry every day, led by friend of the podcast, Javier Haas. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Jason Rasnick and Elliot Lane of Benzinga. We are here with Jason Rasnick, CEO of Benzinga, and Elliot Lane, head of Benzinga's Cannabis and Psychedelics. Uh, so excited to talk to them. They are uh, hosting a conference uh, in the next couple of weeks. We're recording this on the 20, on March 29th, and the conference is April 11th to the 13th. So we want to go deep into uh, cannabis and psychedelics with these guys. Um, but Jason, I want to start, you know, we kind of get everyone's origin stories um, at the beginning so we can kind of understand how they got into this Um crazy industry. So I want to understand how you started Benzinga and what, why on earth would you look to cover cannabis and psychedelics? Well, started Benzinga to help um, give information, make information easier to consume for the average person. Thought there was a part of the market where the average Joe didn't receive information the same time that people received on Wall Street. Um, that sort of same concept applied to cannabis in 2013. There were a ton of companies that came in the space that were fake, literally fake. And they would add the word like CBD or THC or marijuana to their name and their public company. They would trade off that. 
And we became one of the information sources to say, who's real, who's fake. We started putting on events and we only let the people come in that, you know, were well-regarded. And the idea is so people don't, like when people lose money, you get a bad taste in your mouth. I guarantee you remember the times you lost money in the markets more than you made money, just nature of the beast. And in cannabis, a lot of companies that were fake, people fell for and invested. Same thing has happened in crypto. And so us as Benzinga being a financial media company that's agnostic to industry, we thought this was a industry that we should go all in on. And we went all in on way before anyone else or way before any other media company did. And then we wanted to connect investors and companies. So investors and companies to meet to meet each other, make deals. And, you know, we've heard about plenty of deals that happen at the Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference. Supposedly over like $2 billion in deals have been commenced at that conference where it's either an acquisition, aqua hire, um, fundraise. And yeah, I mean, I know about plenty of those, but over $2 billion. And I think this year will be our biggest year yet. And I wouldn't be surprised, uh, double that 2 billion. You guys have been doing these conferences, I guess. Well, the first one was in Toronto, right? Uh, I remember going to that one. I, I was actually on a panel um, at that first one. It was great. And these things have just grown since then. You know, the last year you had a couple thousand people at the event, like you said, $2 billion in transactions were, were, were done. Um, you know, what can people expect from this year's conference? You know, talk, like, can you talk about some of the deal making or, you know, you can even talk about entertainment, you know, what are you expecting? Oh, you want to jump in? Yeah. So this is Elliot. Hi, everybody. Um, so this is hi, going to Elliot. be, hi, it's so nice <laughs> to be here. Thanks y'all. Um, this is going to be a unique event for us because, you know, Phil, you were there at the beginning. You were actually there before me. That was the only cannabis event for Benzinga that I wasn't a part of. Every other one I have been. But this started off as an investor conference, and it has grown massively since then. And I think there's a misconception that you only go to Benzinga if you're raising money. And that may have been the case when we started, but it is certainly not the case now. Um, for investment conferences, you do 20-minute investor presentations. And we did that up through the end of last year. But if anybody's realistic and they look at the market the way it is, investor presentations are not the type of content that people are looking for. They're looking for strategies. They're looking for help. They're looking for operational efficiency ideas. They're looking for ways to grow their brand and partnership ideas and strategies to grow and stay alive and survive and be competitive in 12 to 18 months. And that's what we're offering in this next event is we're going to have a stage very focused on operational efficiencies and finance. And then instead of those investor presentations, we're adding a stage that's really fully focused on CPG and retail and how those two segments of cannabis combine with other outside retail industries, uh, box chains, you know, the vitamin shops and advertising and uh, not to, you know, take this away from Jason, uh, but we're bringing Twitter, uh, you know, which is is going to be super exciting. The first cannabis conference they've ever spoken at will be ours in Miami, talking about the future of social advertising for the industry. Uber is going to talk about their Canadian uh, cannabis, you know, ventures. And I would imagine it's not going to be super forward looking, but it'll be forward looking enough uh, to where we can we can see what we can expect for them uh, once they can dive into the U.S. market. So companies like that, we want to start intertwining with our cannabis content. But so in terms of like the, the content itself, like how do you guys come up with like 
the panels and the keynote sessions and stuff like that. Is it collaborative inside? Or are you speaking with the companies? You know, can you give a little detail on on how you put the agenda together? It's uh, it's all of our friends uh, in the yeah. industry, which is everybody. We listen. Um, you know, we take themes. We put them, you know, in panels that make sense for our audience. So when you think of our audience, it's hundreds of investors. It's hundreds, if not a thousand, cannabis entrepreneurs. It's the bleeding services in the industry. Um, you know, such as a KCSA, such as a Benzinga and a Markham and a Crow and an Armanino and all those types of services. Um, you know, so it it's what makes sense for those companies on site to hear about. But there's themes in the industry. And you guys know this probably as well as we do, if not better. But capital, you know, where is it? What is it? How is it? Uh, that's a huge part of it. And in, in survival, you know, people are in survival mode right now. So how do you survive? How do you be maintain uh, competition and even gain market share in an industry like we're seeing today? And, you know, we listen to our friends and we try and dive into the different segments like technology, like retail, like uh, brands and, um, you know, even even services. Services have a big part of our stage because everybody needs help growing their business. So let's stay here for a second then, because, you, you know, you're right. The markets have been horrible. Uh, the markets weren't great last year, but you guys still had an outstanding event in Miami, an outstanding event in Chicago. You know, what are you expecting the vibe to be this year? You know, and, and what are you hearing from the cannabis side? Uh, well, what are you hearing from the psychedelic side as well? I think this is probably a two-parter. I'll start off on the more detailed, and I don't know if uh, Jason wants to jump in, but I think you still have to run a business. If if you choose to be in this industry, you still have to to run a business, and you you have to have help in expanding. Organic expansion right now, you have to be the cleanest and most successful company in your market to to even attempt that. Uh, at the moment, it seems in organic expansion, you know, obviously there's questions of debt. There's questions of, uh, you know, of over leveraging on balance sheets. There's a lot of questions that go into expansion in general right now, but you have to have help. Um, and, and these conferences achieve that. These, these events are where business gets done. You know, Zoom calls help a lot. Us talking to you all help a lot. They're educational, they're informational. You can get a lot done, but you can meet hundreds of people in the course of three, four hours at an event that you can't do sitting at a desk remotely. And I think that is a vibe in its own. And I think that gives people hope, that gives people optimism, and that gives people uh, the willingness to keep fighting for what they believe in and what they're passionate about in this industry. And I guess what I would jump in, Phil, and say is deal makers. Deal makers, deal makers, deal makers, deal makers, deal makers, and more deal makers. There are companies that are struggling, but they have good fundamentals. There are companies that are struggling that don't have good fundamentals. And then there are companies that are doing well, have good fundamentals, and want to make acquisitions. I would be surprised if there weren't three to five deals that commence an acquisition from this event. I know of six companies who are going solely, no, I know four companies that are going solely to buy assets. And then I know a lot more who are looking to sell assets. So I call it a deal maker's room, like this VIP room we have, I call it the deal maker's room. Um, I don't know if we're gonna have speed dating or not, but I know we have that room. And I think there's a lot of acquisition 
pent up demand. I mean, you guys are the experts, you know, and you see what's going on in the space. Um, when there's disruption in the market, I think there brings opportunity. And then the question is, how do you get the opportunity? Is it do you acquire? Do you produce organically? Can you buy something on the cheap? I think you're going to see a lot of that. So it's going to be a lot of that mating or dating type thing. Like, hey, what's what are your numbers? Are you interested in like you know? Are you interested in this? It's show me your numbers. I'll show you mine. And that is a little bit of what it is. I mean, I was just looking at Benzinga to acquire a company. And I was just in Arizona with the guy. And I'm trying to get him to, you know, give me a range just because uh, you, you want to rule these things out. And in the cannabis space, I feel like right now, most things can't be ruled out. That's where this event is probably gonna be the most exciting event we ever had in the sense that deals are going to happen. And if you're not in the room, you're not going to see them. You're not going to interact with them. Yes, you can want, you can do stuff virtually, but you need to be at the event to make deals and connect. I mean, just have to. It feels like... There, there's been though, Jason, this pause almost in, um, you know, when there's a lack of capital, you tend to see a little bit more M and A, and it just seems to have paused. So, um, you're you're predicting the second half of this year um, for M and A to heat up, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think that it's going to heat up in a big way. Um, maybe smaller acquisitions, but a lot more often deals will happen. It's a little bit of that consolidation. I mean, the other argument is government, right? The government's saying that safe banking is going to get done, that doesn't get done, that does get done. Government fucks up people's plans. It, it, it does, and that it affects businesses. I mean, I'm involved as Voyager bankruptcy. The government got involved there and stopped from letting people get their money back. And the government, yes, is here to serve, but and I'm not saying... The Safe Banking Act is not easy or hard, it's not hard. It is. I'm not, I'm not like faulting government, I guess, but it's expectations. When you have an expectation that something's going to happen a certain day and it doesn't, it's just like at work. If you and Phil are working on something and and Phil says he's going to get this to you by 2 p.m. and then he doesn't, you know, you're annoyed. It's the same thing here on a much grander scale. It's like, maybe you're not annoyed. I get annoyed. Okay. No, so, we're, so we're very yeah. <laughs> It's past the house seven times. What do we, every time we somebody's like, Lucy with the football here, I'm like, yeah, sure it is. I'm yeah. right with you, Jay. Right. So, there. so, so, so it was a little bit of being fed up and this event, the, the story, and I don't know, we've written, we've written some storylines at Benzinga, but this event is people are fed up. They're tired of it. They're angry. This event is about coming to the Benzinga campus capital conference don't be boring. Speak up. Don't just be PC and say the right words. Say what you think. Let the government hear where we're at. Like enough of the, um, you know, beating around the bush. Let's go right at it and talk about what the fuck's going on. And yes, M&As and business development. And yes, I said the F word. But to me, the F word is just another word of the language. Okay. So um, that's it. It's just like we're fed up. We're coming out. We're having this event. We're speaking up. We're going to have government hear us. Like give clarity. Let these companies innovate, produce with expectations. I mean, guys, imagine, oh, my God, if we didn't take credit card Benzinga, we wouldn't exist. We wouldn't exist. We wouldn't yeah. exist. Like, and it's Elliot, such a fundamental business tool. A Elliot line of would, credit. Yeah. Elliot would, I met Elliot at a restaurant. He would still be working there. It wasn't my favorite. It was an Indian food restaurant. He was working <laughs> there, and I, I never really had Indian food. 
And but uh, Patrick, his brother was here and he's like, we got to go here. And his brother was there. I'm like, of course, we got to go there. But I'm like, Elliot, you'd be still, you know, I mean, you'd still be there. I don't know. I wouldn't be a Benzinga. I, I would still be managing restaurants. In, yeah, in that's what, but, but, the, but the banking act is what I'm saying, Elliot. It's like it's like that clarity is really bad. And it's happening. So it's happening in so many things right now that I I, I don't know what to say. Like, I, yes, I never like really talked about the government, but yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. Nobody's disagreeing with you, Raz. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. We're not. And, uh, you know, going from one dysfunctional industry to another, you guys have added on a psychedelics day (laughs) um, to to this conference. So uh, can we pivot and talk a little bit about what people can expect there Um, and and where these audiences overlap because the cannabis investor and the psychedelics investor, um, you know, we talk about it a lot on this show are, are different in a lot of ways and some of them are not. So I'm wondering if you guys can talk about that a little bit. So let me start. And then Elliot, will you go in a little deeper? Um, So psychedelics, there's a lot of differences and there are definitely similarities. Okay. So I didn't really say much in that statement, but I when you hear psychedelics, what I think of is like, ooh, like, you know, psychedelics, like crazy stuff and all this. We're going to go, you know, and that's what I think people thought of cannabis six years ago, eight years ago. Cannabis was to get high, get wasted. Same thing. My mom, who who's never like really smoked pot in her life. She has a back pain. She went to all these doctors. She uses this cannabis. Um, It's called extreme to put on her back uh, and it makes the pain go away. No issue at all. Like for the next like half day and psychedelics for mental health there's real science being shown and ketamine to different um elements that is make that is changing people in, in a positive way i mean when you hear brett far not brett Favre, what's his name the aaron old Packers quarterback aaron, aaron rogers, aaron rogers. Yeah. Yeah. i don't know maybe he's making the old Packers quarterback. Quarterback. I, that's what he already is now <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> He's the old one. Yeah. The old one. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe Aaron Rodgers will stop by our event. I'm not sure. But Aaron Rodgers is going on these psychedelics trips. There's stuff to be said there. And, and what happens is everyone just like at first, oh, it's psychedelics. That's bullshit. You don't want to be involved. It's the same thing when when um this is a different example. But when Tiger Woods came into golf and he was a muscle man and working out, everyone's like, you don't need muscles to play golf. You don't need this. Well, what does everyone do now? Work out to play golf. And um, I mean, the good players, obviously, the PGA players. My point is, we look at cutting edge industries, and psychedelics is one of those. Like, I'll be honest, I was foreign to the concept of psychedelics. I was foreign to the concept of like cannabis as a a healing um, drug at, at first. And so it's learning, it's being an early adopter. It's really easy to say, it's much easier to say, oh, this is terrible, cannabis is terrible, psychedelics are terrible. And then, like, in five years when it's accepted, and then it becomes like, oh, I was always accepted. I'll give you this. And then I'm going to let Ellie go deeper on our event. I know I'm jumping around, but there's a company called Uber. And I was one of probably the first 5,000 users of Uber when I'd go to New York. My parents freaked out. My brother, friends, like, you're insane. You're getting in someone's car. What? You're getting into some stranger's car. What are you yeah. doing? No, like, freaked was- out. Freaked yeah. out. And the, the best part about it, Ann, two years before that, I wrote a business plan four years before that doing exactly what uber does in the sense that like i hated that you drive to work and there's four other cars and they're all alone why don't we just pair up okay but whatever so but yeah so getting in someone's car they thought it was so strange now 
no one will remember that. Same thing with online dating. I was an early adopter where I created online dating in 2000. Everyone thought it was so strange. So my whole life has been about trying new things that people think are strange at first, and then they become accepted norms. And it's just a question of, are we going to go execute and build um, a platform to connect people? So like what you guys do is so important because you're getting the word out about your clients. Without you guys, without you guys getting the word out, people don't know the benefits of it. And without our conferences, deals don't happen to get these companies to thrive. Like that's the, one of the biggest things that I guess I want to take away from this interview is that our conference is about people connecting, learning, but then making deals happen. Like that is the whole sole focus. Now, Elliot, will you go into a little more detail on psychedelics? And was my answer terrible? Was it like the most beaten around answer ever? Just you can tell me. <laughs> no. It sucked. How dare you? No, it, look, it was <laughs> authentic. And I think like the, you know, the example of, of Uber is really, it is interesting if you think about it. I think from the, you know, psychedelics and, um, and, and cannabis space, like, you're also dealing with a government fuck up. Like, you know, this whole war on drugs halted the study of, of this medicine for 50 years. And that's a, that's a travesty. Um, and I think there's just a lot of correcting that needs to be done. And, you know, people will have short memories. I mean, there's people who think there's no more racism in this country, right? Um, which we know that's not true. So like there needs to be this narrative and this mindset of, you know, um, you know, here's what's going on in here and here is the data to prove it. And we're allowing this research to happen and we're, you know, allowing these patients to get treated, but it takes a, it takes a village of people, you know, normalizing it. And that's kind of part of all of our jobs here. And that's, what's, that's, what's tough about this thing. I wish more people understood, accepted it, came to our event and, and understood that. I mean, we're, We'll go to numbers later, but Elliot, go more on your, the psychedelics. Elliot, go, go, Elliot. <laughs> oh, Elliot. God, I'm so <laughs> sorry. God. I'm going to mute myself. No, so <laughs> psychedelics. I feel, like I, have, I feel like I have diarrhea of the mouth right now. <laughs> no, I love it. Keep going. <laughs> no, no, that's just Raz. It's because um, I just had ice cream for the first, like a soft yogurt thing for the first time in like four, three months. So it's cool. <laughs> Sugar rush. <laughs> um, so and the psychedelics event, we tag on to our cannabis event for a few reasons. Uh, the first being there's a lot of interest from the cannabis audience in psychedelics. They see it as a cousin, whatever it may be. That's not to say it's the same. It, it doesn't. It's not going to take the same path till it's a full legalization. It's not going to take the same path uh, or draw the same investors because uh, the accessibility is not the same. Uh, and and the, really the price of the compounds that are being researched will not be the same. Psychedelics will be far more expensive. You know, there's more options for perhaps insurance to get involved. But I think the exciting part about psychedelics is it's a much more global industry. There's a lot more companies spread out uh, in, you know, different parts of North America to South Africa, to, to Europe, uh, doing some really exciting trials. And the data coming out is incredibly exciting. And that's what that's kind of the 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 through line we're taking with this event is where are we with, with the actual study of these of these medicines? And also what is psychedelics? You know, last year we did a we held a fantastic event with no entrance education for those that didn't really know much about the industry. So this year, you know, what is psychedelics? What is the actual opportunity here? We're starting our event with that. 
you know, and we're going to have really cool investors. We're going to have Maps, which is probably the most advanced company in the space. Speaking on that, um, thanks to somebody on this call because you're super cool. Um, but with that being said, it it really is all about the opportunity of these different compounds and what's possible. And past that, it's not going to happen overnight. And I think psychedelic investors were perhaps wooed. Uh, in a sense, when, when this space first started, that things were going to move in the course of a year, you know, maybe maybe a couple years. And it's been tough for a lot of companies doing a lot of really cool things. So this conference is one that could hopefully expedite some more deal making to, to Jason's point. Elliot, I'm right there with you on the psychedelic side. Um, you know, like what is what's it going to take to get this industry to move, right? Like you had small pharma who had their, their, their study on um, depression. And it was a mm -hmm. 57% remission rate at 12 weeks. And you know, the stock literally, it did, it hardly moved, but you know, I guess it's going to take more of these companies to get farther down, down the road with some of their clinical trials. <laughs> you know, yeah, I guess it's, it's still top of the first inning, right? Well, and it's also where these companies are able to be invested in and access. Um, you know, I know U.S. investors can somewhat dive into it, but if they don't see the opportunity in the U.S. market themselves, it's likely they're not going to relate to it. So, you know, we have, what, three open markets <laughs> in, in the country being Oregon, Colorado, and I think like a city in Michigan right. uh, or something like that. Um you know, but I agree with you. I think it's going to take some government buy-in, which God help us. Um, you know, but hopefully people can see the excitement of what these companies are doing. Because man, there's some really, really amazing medicines coming out. Government help again, right? I guess we're going to have to go back to Jason's tagline there. You guys should have him printed on the back of your shirt saying we're fucking fed up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, let's just make the Benzinga Conference a protest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just back to cannabis. That's that's uh, back, part of it. Yes, right. Uh, but no, back to cannabis. I like what are the top two to three issues that you guys will what do you guys think will dominate this sector over the next 12 to 24 months? I, I think oh, that's hard. Mean. Yeah, no, I, I think that's that's a hard question because. I don't think, I, I think domination over the next 24 months is somewhat of who survives the best. Um, you know, and to me, there are a few companies that can hold that candle. Name names. Are we naming names? You don't have uh, to. Don't want to. I don't, I don't mind. I, I mean, words in his mouth. I, I'm That's happy. <laughs> I'm watching out. I listen, uh, some of these guys are probably their clients as well. So I, I well, don't want to. No, no. And and with that, like, I'm not going to trash or pump any stocks. So and I know everybody knows that, but just to say that, but I think you look at companies with exciting balance sheets uh, in this space, and it, it's not the same as other spaces, but as clean as it gets, you have GTI, you know, that seems to be the company that all investors point to is like, this is great. But then there are still some questions uh, about the about that stock. You know, but there's some ex other exciting companies. I mean, you can't ignore uh, any of the top 15 public cannabis companies, but many of them are questionable in terms of how they 
leverage their debt in terms of how they, they approach taxes, uh, you know, in terms of how much inventory they have on, you know, versus their sales. There's a right. lot in these earnings reports that you're like, how do how do you fix that? You know, it, yeah. in, in a way that makes sense. But, you know, I think when looking at some of the companies that I'm excited about, I love Ascend Wellness. Um, you know, those guys have the highest per average revenue per dispensary. And they, they have like, I don't know, 30s, maybe 20 to 25, 35 dispensaries, uh, which is far less than any of their competitors, but they're getting like 14 to 20 million per dispensary. It's insanity. So companies like that, that are maximizing their current assets to me are the ones that, you know, they don't have so much, uh, so much growth that they weren't able to handle it. They maximize their current operations. And that's the whole theme of the next 12 to 24 months. And it wouldn't surprise me to see companies like that step into the limelight. It's funny you say that because I remember when we first got into this and we were, you know, working with some of the very early multi-state operators that are maybe they're around, maybe they're not, but most of these guys in their decks, they would put, you know, how much revenue they were getting per dispensary and comparing it to like individual Apple stores. But I guess you don't really see that much anymore out of these, out of these guys. Right. And to your no. point on the taxes and the debt and how do these guys service all that stuff? You know, these guys aren't paying their taxes because they'd rather just pay the fine versus, you know, miss their debt payment. And it's, it, don't get me yeah. started. And, and retail investors are noticing. Yeah. Sorry. No, I, you know, I think, yeah. Uh, so is there something in terms of the psychedelic side um, that you, what are the issues there that you think are going to drive the next, I don't know, year? I mean, I'd love to see some advancement and some more clinical trials. But I think it's also going to be buy-in from larger names. You have, um, you know, if you follow any of these personalities like a Zappy, Zappelin, or, um, you know, some of those guys, you know, they they do offer some interesting education and people like Jordan Belfort jo joining in and, and starting to buy in. And, you know, some of these larger celebrity names getting involved could help with pushing the the medicine narrative that this really should be. But I don't really think there's much to be done until, you know, advocates get a little further down the line. It's it's tough. So I think well, you're and, looking and at these international companies. Yeah, and bringing, getting it back to government, bringing the, you know, getting FDA approval for, you know, MDMA and psilocybin um, is going to be uh, like, that's going to just open open up a lot of doors that were that have been traditionally closed. Um, and, you know, it, it is kind of a shame that that's that's. It, it took all of these years to get us here, um, you know, and it's still going to cost hundreds of millions of dollars to to get these drugs to market it into the hands of people who really need them. Um, and I think that's, um, you know, everyone's excited for, you know, the, the, the application for, you know, MDMA for PTSD. And but that's just like that's maybe the second inning, <laughs> you know, I don't know that people are seeing like, Oh, we need to talk manufacturing and access and, you know, all of these insurance, like you brought up insurance earlier, like how are people going to pay for 10,000, 12,000, $50,000 treatments? Um, you know, because there is that therapy component involved. So, um, you know, it does feel like we're really excited for this, but I also think that, you know, people don't really understand necessarily how much money and time this is going to take. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you need the insurance companies on board as well, right? And then, but at, in order to get all this stuff off the ground, what does each company need? They need capital. Mm-hmm. Well, and you need you need backing and investors that are going to stick with you, and it can't be retail led, unfortunately. Uh, you know, yeah. retail no, retailers can enough. benefit. But, there's not enough money. Yeah. Well, and I think what what is it? There, there's some crazy stat that uh, the Paxia siblings at, at Poseidon gave, where it's like the amount of capital in this space right now. If it became federally legal, like one like one month of venture investing is more than the total amount of capital that's been deployed into cannabis so far. Really? It's it's insanity how much wow. money there is out there and how much money could come into cannabis yeah. with any catalyst like yeah. that. Right. Um, it, well, it's so, 3% institutional ownership, right? That's all it is right now on the mm-hmm. cannabis. Yeah. It's, I mean, th- you know, these retailers have kept this industry alive, but they're losing confidence and they're losing hope. And they're losing know, money. Losing <laughs> a lot of money to Jason's point. <laughs> like We remember that. You know, and, you know, it's, it's Benzing, you know, and I'll say this, Benzinga's goal is not to put rose colored glasses uh, on anything. It's not for us to pump the industry. It's not for us to dump those we don't like, but what we are trying to do is, is, is help the industry move forward. It's help people meet each other. It's help businesses grow, help investors potentially find a business that they believe in and, and everybody participate in the cannabis industry that, you know, they, they're excited about, you know, and I think you can do that still, even in a downtime. So KCSA is sponsoring. Cause you're the we're best. Sponsoring. We're sponsored. We're co-sponsoring the cocktail hour. Um, with our client Fund Canna, the great people at Fund Canna. So if you are going uh, to be in Miami and you are a badge holder, we expect to see you on the glitter, no, glimmer. Glimmer Terrace. Glimmer Terrace. Y'all, I live for that terrace. It's beautiful. If if it rains, I'm going to be so pissed. But yes, (laughs) we'll still have a great, we'll still have a great room. It's going to be great. Um, We, please, please, please come see us. and that's my plug for KCSA. <laughs> but well, are there any entertainment um, surprises that uh, people should be? Well, yeah, well, surprise, then if we, yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it wouldn't be a surprise, but we have secured a few awesome people to come spend some time with us. Um, we're going to have White Boy Rick joining us. Who, if you guys know him, has the I think that Jason is the fifth most watched documentary on Netflix ever. Yeah, is that what you this, said? This year, it's a, this, this year it's a second most. And I think it was out three years ago on Netflix. He was in jail for 37 years for drug related crimes. He's really an amazing person. Just sat down with him, talked to him. We're having a story coming out about him very soon. But he um, was in jail for 37 years for drug related crimes. But then the FBI did stuff and it's all in the movie. And there's another movie coming out. And when I say Rick's ne- White by Rick's network is insane, it is like. Um, so when you ask about entertainment, Elliot, I haven't even told you anything. So because I, you know how I am, I like you know how I am, Elliot. If it's Do you not have a gift for me? Minute, no, no, Elliot. Do you have a Christmas present for me, Elliot? If it's not the last minute, you know I'm not doing it, right? Um, <laughs> you know, but like Anne and Philly should stay the next day. Elliot and I are going to get a cabana at the pool, chill out, you know. Did that last year, but no, this event, um, if someone emails me, Jason at Benzinga.com, 
to give the best art and gives me the best argument on why safe banking uh, should finally be, um, I don't know, granted or whatever, I'll give you a comp ticket to the event. And um, and then I do have Take a discount first. code RAS. Yep, RAS30, R-A-Z-3-0. I want to make sure people are there to connect and get deals done. No matter if you're big or small, I built Benzinga brick by brick. I was in my basement, but then I started going to conferences and meeting people. Without that, Benzinga wouldn't, wouldn't be here. And we had a transaction in, in 2021, and it was a decent-sized transaction. And what I'm saying to you is I know I'm promoting, but conferences like this are where you – make your money it's where you make your money honestly it's like i'll give you an example you may be abc company okay and you want to meet let's say cure leaf like the ceo but you don't but instead you meet phil carlson you say oh i met phil carlson phil wants me to be a client well now you're looking at the wrong way you met phil carlson now what you need to do is leverage that relationship build that relationship maybe you do become a client but think about phil's network so now think of these networks. Think about how you can add value to Phil or Ann. So the person you meet, you think about how you can add value to them. Once you do that, and it's not even that hard. It's not even that hard to add value to them. Once you do um, that, you'll be a friend for life. And then they'll help you when you want to get to someone. I'm telling you, it is magical. And that, you know, at conferences, it's really easy to go sit, sit next to someone you know. Much harder to go talk to someone you don't know. Much harder. And my whole mission in life is to connect people, I would say. Very hard to do it just virtually. It's very hard. Honestly, I'm looking at you guys on the screen, but like Phil and I, we probably talked on the phone, I don't know, 50, 100, 150 times. But I guarantee if I say to him, Chicago cannabis event, bar behind the lobby, he knows exactly what I'm talking about. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. And 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 by the way, nothing it was nothing like we just had we just had a discussion there. Nothing, but that's what people remember. They remember when you're with them. They remember how you make them feel. I remember walking up to Phil, he was talking to someone at the bar and he made me feel great. He I come up there, it's like this is Jason. He introduced me to his friend, and it was awesome. And he made me feel great. And I knew right then that Phil Carlson was a great guy. And because of that, the relationship blossoms from that. I will tell you for certain, if I just talked to Phil on Zoom, like I'm like we're doing this interview today, we'd be friendly, but we would never have that trusting relationship. Like Phil could call me with anything. And I know and same with Anna, but but but, th but that's my point. All these events are so important for your business or what you want to do, even career-wise. It's those relationships. Even if you're not a client of someone, you don't know what you don't know. And trust me, those ones that you see that are just Uber successful, the Howard Schultz of the world with the CEO of Starbucks. For the first like three years of his career, he went around door to door selling Xerox copiers. So Elliot leads a sales team for our event and he's like trying to push him to call. Elliot's been, I mean, uh, Howard Schultz would get up at six in the morning or five in the morning, go work out, then get, and then go literally knock on doors selling Xerox copiers for two and a half years. What does Howard say from that? That was his best experience he's ever had because it got him in the mode of selling and making relationships. That's all it comes down to. And, and I think the questions Ann are asking, like, what does this mean for psychedelics or what's this, what's going to be the big changing thing in the next two, three, four years? My answer is 
ton of disruption in cannabis and, and psychedelics because you have two parties at play. You have pharmaceuticals who want to keep it how it is, right? And you have doctors who want to keep it how it is. When you have new entrants that come in that can replace, I know many people that take a THC or CBD to go to bed. They were taking Ambien before. So if you take that small microcosm of an example, now think about all the research that's being done right now during our age that will come out in the next three to six years that cannabis will solve. I mean, it, 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 we can't see it now, but there's going to be things that cannabis solves that we never would ever imagine or psychedelics like psychedelics curing cancer. I'm not saying that's something that's like they're researching now, but I'm just saying to you, you can't imagine when people make these things accepted norms, what ultimately happens. So I think it's the most exciting time. And what we're here for at this Benzinga Cannabis Capital Conference is to connect people so that they can build these billion dollar companies or hundred million dollar companies. And um, the team has worked really hard on it. And I think it'll be a great event. By well, the way, you know, that, you know that speech I just gave? I think I should yeah. start the event with that speech. Except you maybe remove like cannabis solving cancer, but beyond that. Like. <laughs> I don't know, Raz, make those big claims. Get that content going. Uh, I like it. Viral for um, all the right reasons. Yeah, that's, I'm leaving Benzinga, guys, to work on solving cancer. There you, you know? go. Um. So anything, so we're going to have all of the links to the show, to the, the conference. We'll, we'll put in, um, the, the promo code, but, um, anything else that our, um, our audience needs to know about being, uh, at the conference this year. It's going to be fun. You know, and I think here's what I'll say. Uh, if you are considering coming, uh, I would implore you to, <laughs> because there is no better way to survive um, than by leaning on each other in, in a tough time. You know, I've seen this on LinkedIn from leaders across the industry is that the best way to get through any type of recession or downtime in an industry is through partnerships. Partnerships happen when you are open to them and you have to go out and explore and, and, and try to find them. Uh, and this is a great place to do so. So if you are looking for help, if you're looking for money, if you're looking for education on, on what to do in this industry, uh, or, or if you're just looking to be featured in an interview, or if you want to be featured in Benzinga, you want to meet media, you want to meet uh, KCSA because you're looking for PR, then you got to be there. There's, there's endless reasons to be there, um, but so much will happen over those two days and there'll be massive FOMO if you're not there, guaranteed. But that's it for me. <laughs> and then I'll, and I'll, say, I'll say nothing, like this is selling, but I don't know when this podcast is going up. When is it going out? Next, next week. Next week? Oh, okay. next, next Thursday. Thursday. The sooner you get tickets, the, the cheaper it is because prices are going up. We have, you know, and... I can't stop them from going up because we're at, we're getting to capacity constraints and it costs us more money. The more we, um, the more it gets closer to add more people. So if you're listening, use my RAS 30, R-A-Z 30, save money. Your, your friends of KCSA, Phil and Ann, like use that RAS 30 is a discount code. Um, the first one to email me for the, you know, good plan to get the government to approve safe banking. And make sure to give you a comp pass. But um, 
if you come to the event and you're not happy, come see me. I may just refund your money, but I, I feel like that will not be an issue. So just that's it. That's what I got. Right. Offered. Yeah. That doesn't uh, happen to, often. But BZ, I agree. You can go you can go to BZ Cannabis, B Z C A N C A N N A B I S dot com. Or there's a Twitter too like that, BZ Cannabis or Benzinga Cannabis. Um, or you can reach Elliot at I don't know. My number, if you want to call and ask me a question, is 248-766-0000. Call or text. I'm here to answer. Love that. And he really does answer. He does. He does. I do. The Um, most accessible CEO out there. I don't know. I don't know. I got to get better. But (laughs) I do. I do. I got to get better. I got my Saturday mornings. I'm definitely staying in bed too long. I tried a new experiment, guys, last night. I put my cell phone in another room on a charger, not in my bedroom. Did that cause you anxiety? Yes, to do that, it caused me anxiety, yes. Did you sleep but well? My charger, my, my charger next to my bed was missing. I don't know why. <sighs> and then I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go use this other charger and see how it does. And it wasn't so bad, I guess. What time did you get up this morning to check your phone? What do you say? Uh, what time did you get up this morning to check your phone? Because I would, I, I would freak out. I didn't freak out. No, I really got up at like 6.30, looked at my phone, but I didn't freak out. What, what I guess what my bigger problem, Phil, is I wake up in the night sometimes, like at 3.30 in the morning, and I go on I go on my phone. And then oh. it's 5.30 or oh, 6.00. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can't do that. And so that means still I had two hours of sleep, and the next day, it's like the worst. And like, like I have a lot of energy days, you probably can tell. But like yesterday, I didn't have that energy. Like I have like, like Ellie, just so you know, I'm calling you where you don't use the gym. Maybe you're skipping the gym today. Today, I, Ellie, we have to go over some stuff. Okay. But I have the energy. We're going all day. Today is the day. Okay. <laughs> Ellie, I'm literally going to get ready for the gym coffee. right after this recording. So <laughs> Elliot, <laughs> Never better, mind. tonight we are talking, Ellie. We got, I, we got a lot I'm of ready. to bring you. And we got I'm I need a brainstorm on how to accomplish some things. But we got a lot of people in from Benzinga because we have our quarterly meeting tomorrow. So it's a full office out there. And that's kind of fun. Well, I love it. And we can't wait to see all of you guys in Miami on April 11th. So be there yes. or be have FOMO, square. I guess. Yeah. Or be square. Thank or you guys square. for having us on. Yeah. Thank you. A pleasure as always. Thanks, Ann. Thanks, Phil. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. We'll see you. Thank you. Huge thanks to our really great friends over at Benzinga, Jason Raznick, CEO, Elliot Lane, head of Benzinga Cannabis and Psychedelics. We are so excited uh, to to head down to Miami. We are co-hosting the cocktail hour on Tuesday night, the 11th, uh, with our clients, Fund Canna. It's going to be really fun, so we hope you can attend. For more info, check out Benzinga.com. They've got everything there. Um, Please use the the code RAZ30 for your discount. Um, And as always, thanks for listening. If you want to chat with us, find us on Twitter at the underscore Green Rush or on Instagram at the Green Rush underscore podcast or email us at greenrush at kcsa.com. Always looking for feedback and guest ideas. And please don't forget to subscribe to the Green Rush in your favorite podcatcher. That's one take, Shay. One take.